Heat check. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm John Gonzalez. Hey, man. Congrats on the Eagles. Very exciting. And apologies to everybody who's about to listen to this podcast. We're not going to talk any basketball whatsoever. Just Eagles. It'll just be about Philadelphia. And uh, also to my fellow Philadelphians, most of you celebrated responsibly last night. Nice. One of you punched allegedly a police horse. Mm. Don't punch horses. No, definitely don't. Don't punch anything, really. Don't punch anything, but but especially horses. Everyone knows I know a ton about football, so it'll be a great a great 40 <laughs> minutes. Just kidding. Let's talk about the Cavs. What else is new? John, the Cavs are, are sliding. They got blown out at home on Saturday by the Thunder. Yes. I was at a women's march, the women's march yes. here in LA. And I afterwards- Big turnout. Yes, big turnout. Checked my phone. And I was like, whoa, this is a blowout. I actually thought the Cavs were going to win that game. I guess maybe I'm dumb, but I'm just so used to LeBron flipping the switch when necessary and his teammates getting there with him. I was surprised about this blowout. Were you surprised? Yeah, usually my um, like reflexive default position is usually, it's fine, it's the regular season. Yeah. I'm slipping past that now. I'm like, I'm starting to slide away from that position and and get closer to, huh. And then beyond huh is, oh no. Yeah. And then like, then it gets really critical on my sliding scale. This is not as good as you would want for the Cavs. Things are not not looking up. No, they're definitely not. LeBron keeps saying they're in Strugglesville, which yes. I find to be hilarious. LeBron is at once like the coolest, most powerful, important person in sports and also like just such a dad sometimes. Yeah. Strugglesville. I Strugglesville. like it. He's, he's corny. So they're 14th in net rating. Their defense has recently been bad, uh-huh. but it's been bad all season long. And, and we shouldn't forget that last year going into the playoffs, that was a major concern. They overcame it to get out of the Eastern Conference, but obviously it was their Achilles heel in the finals against the Warriors and the Warriors exploited them. All season long, it's been an issue yet again They've got the 29th defensive rating Woof. in the league. 29 of 30. Turns out there's only 30 teams in the league still. Only the Sacramento Kings have been worse. You do not want to keep company in anything like that the Sacramento Kings are doing. So this is a real concern for them. Even David Blatt is throwing shade at them. I hope we don't give up as many points as the Cavaliers gave up last night. David Blatt from nowhere resurfaces. Unbelievable. Do you think he just goes home every night and like catches up with Cavs to like, and he's just been waiting for this moment? <laughs> he's been waiting two years to drive the Cavs and it finally came around. So I guess good for David Blatt, but bad for the Cavs. Yeah, it's tough. And so now they're in a ton of trade rumor. There's a lot of trade rumors about them. The Kemba trade that ESPN floated is interesting. In that potential hypothetical, they had Isaiah going. Poor Isaiah. Does it? I guess he'd get another tribute video. Channing Fry <laughs> and the 2018 Brooklyn pick for Kemba and Johnny O'Brien. Is Kemba appreciably better than Isaiah? Um, I don't understand that trade. I think he has just doesn't have the injury history, right? And he's having a pretty good season. He is having a pretty good season. He's a really good scoring point guard. They do need that. They need that offense. They can't just be through LeBron. That's what they missed the most from last year. But they're just kind of a mess. Like, do we worry about Ty Lue? But this is what LeBron had to say about him being possibly fired. I would hope not, but really don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with our team. I have no idea what conversations have been going on. I've been trying to stay as laser sharp as I can to keep my guys ready to go out and play. Is that an endorsement of Ty Lue? Not an endorsement. No. And also combine that with Isaiah saying they never practice. Like, what's Ty Lue up to then? This is really confounding. If you're Ty Lue, you are not at all happy that LeBron was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Good luck. Tough stuff for Ty Lue. I also wonder, like, 
when you're a veteran team, you get a lot of leeway with this stuff. Yeah. And like the longer that the season goes on, the less you're going to practice, the less you're going to have shoot arounds. That's fairly commonplace, especially towards the back end of the season as the playoffs approach, like teams kill practices all the time. Earlier in the year, especially when you're struggling and especially when you've got defensive issues, mm -hmm. I wonder about them not practicing as much. Sure. And so, yeah, if you're Ty Lue, like, you got to be sweating this right now. And I will say, LeBron, after they got blown out on Saturday, LeBron made a point of being like, we have a practice at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, he called forward to it. Yeah, so LeBron's the voice of practice. I don't know what's going on there. It's just, this is like, also, this is devolving into a February with LeBron because Wade tweeted last night, look in the mirror and you will get all the answers you need. Good night. <laughs> and then it's just like, so is he trying to, like, talk himself into... Think that he's that's like directed at himself. Obviously, that's like what mirror comments usually are. Sure, but it's also like trying. To, is he trying to like be a leader and be like young guys or other guys? Like you need to look in the mirror too. See, that's okay. So I you threw this out there, and like initially, because you know the mirror component, you would think like it's a naturally like I'm going yeah. to look in the mirror at myself. But the more I think about it, I'm not interpreting that way. I think like there's a lot of finger pointing going on, sure. and he's going, "Hey, you got to look at yourself," which you know, ironically, like he should also be looking at himself and maybe he isn't. None of this is good for the Cavs. They clearly need to shake it up. The interesting thing I thought is that Ty Lu said that there are no lineup changes imminent. Right. So he's just going to try to ride this out. I guess that's one way to handle it. I would shake up the lineup at the very least. What's the one move you think you should make? Well, you need more defense. The problem is you don't have anybody who's really on your team yeah. to play defense. I mean, like, you know, Jay Crowder in theory would be theory. A, a good defender, but KOC has been saying this for the last two years. He's really slipped in the last yeah. couple of years. So. And also, Charks and Gallagher will tell you that when he was in Dallas, he was he was no dynamo either. Like Everywhere Jay Crowder goes, he has a, a legion of discerning fans who disapprove. Yeah, I actually really like Jay Crowder, sure. but some of his ability, obviously, the luster has worn a little bit. But where are you going to get like somebody? I mean, you know, Kevin Love isn't a, a great defender. Dwayne Wade is old. You've got LeBron. J.R. Smith, I don't think, has played defense in his entire life. What do you have? I mean, Amon Shumper used to play defense. Sure. But, I mean, he's, he's playing 20 minutes a game. Can I float an unfounded theory? Sure. It literally is totally unfounded. But I think, like, one of the strengths of LeBron is that he, like, for all the, you know, Kyrie didn't want to play with him, and we've been dealing with Cavs drama for, like, four years now, mm -hmm. he always has sort of just been a, found a way to, like, rally the troops and, like, flip the switch, et cetera. I feel like probably having Wade there actually makes that harder for him to do. Because it's sort of like he brings in a lieutenant in a way that like, it's clear that he has an allegiance to one person over everyone else. And so therefore, I feel like it makes it harder to marshal the rest of the troops. But I don't, I don't know if that's correct. But that's just sort of like my own armchair something's, psychology. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's wrong. And if I were Ty Lue, I would, at the very least, like just move some pieces around. Yeah. Just to, why not? Like, what do you have to lose at this point? Because if not, you might lose your job. You right. might, all of a sudden, you're going to be David Blatt dragging the Cavs from the sideline, <laughs> like in a TV game that nobody was watching. <laughs> I don't even know where he was when that happened. Like, yeah, somewhere in Europe, I think. I, somewhere in your undisclosed location in Europe. <laughs> a bunker in Europe, David Blatt weighs in. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about another friend of LeBron, Chris Paul. He's been weird lately. We're all weird. So, he was a key player in the fracas in the Staples Center last weekend. Yes. Last week between the Clippers and the Rockets, but no, no suspension, no for, suspension him. for him or James Harden. Mm -hmm. Jeff Van Gundy posited on Saturday that perhaps it was because they didn't want him to miss out on any national TV games, which I thought was interesting. Also thought it was interesting for Jeff Van Gundy to say that on the national TV broadcast. Yes. But that's kind of neither here nor there. And then when the All-Star starters were announced, 
Chris Paul was asked about if they should televise the draft, hashtag televise the draft. Yep. And he didn't really want to weigh in. He was very terse. He was asked about the conversation with him and Adam Silver. And all he just said was like, yes, we talked about it. And then they asked Kara Sherry, told him. And he said, nope, Adam knows. So he's playing that one close to the vest. And then after the Rockets beat the Nuggets, he was super, super short with them. And yeah, he's just, been grumpy lately. He's been grumpy. I also, at the end of the third quarter against the Warriors, I was like, oh, sulking Chris is coming out. I can't wait for this fourth. Sulking Chris is a real thing. Oh, Angry, grumpy Chris real. is it? It's super real. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, we've, people who watch the NBA have been talking about like Chris Paul and, and how he interacts with his teammates for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think like his interactions with the media have been like slightly different. Like he's actually pretty good and easy to talk to when you get him like in a certain setting. Sure. But this lately, it's just been like universal across the board. He's angry at everybody. He's it's all very strange. It is weird, particularly from the players association president. president. Yes. You'd think there's sort of like a managerial <laughs> cap he would put on to like set the right example, but maybe this is the example he wants to set. So all of the stuff that we've heard about Chris Paul over the last however many years about mm-hmm. him being like a difficult teammate. Sure. Difficult teammate, but then like supposed to be like a great guy, which I think right. is interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. There's a certain amount of like public relations management that goes on to have that reputation while also having your teammates think that you're difficult to play with. Yeah, but how much of that do you buy into? Like, we we watch this, like, this is a little bit of tea leaf reading right now sure. because, we're you know, like, we don't really know Chris Paul, but he's got this reputation that, like, sort of runs counter to the public Chris Paul that we see in, like, the State Farm commercials and, like, you know, when he's even making fun of himself in that James Harden video game commercial. Like, I, I wonder how much of this is, like, he's really a grump. I think that he is grumpy about basketball and, like, not outside of that. Um, one thing that's always been said about him is he really takes care of his family. Big family man. Yeah. Which I love. And not just, like, his kids and his wife, but, like, also his cousins yeah. aunts and uncles. Like, it, there's a lot of, like, Paul family activities. And he, you know, many years ago when he was first coming up, he was on um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yeah. Talking about his grandfather and how he owned the gas station in North Carolina. Like, I think he's like a... Which is the stuff I love yeah, from Chris totally, Paul. Yeah, totally. Totally. But I think that he's just like really... I kind of... I, I'm scared of the Rockets on behalf of the Warriors. I feel like they're a little scary because they're really dialed in. What did you think of that game? Uh, it was really fun. How much are you... Like, how much weight do you lend to that? Um... I think a decent amount. One of my first thoughts was like, wow, the Warriors really missed Jordan Bell already, which I thought was um, interesting (laughs) and like maybe a bad sign. It was a pretty bad staff performance. It also was their fifth game on the road, five of five, I believe. So the Rockets are cooking right now. Yeah, the Rockets are cooking. Also, but you know, Capella looked amazing. Like, and that just seemed like a real, you know. Capella's been killing it this year. And and that's like probably one of the biggest tests for him. Not because they're so strong inside, but just because if that's going to be like the the Rockets X factor, then it has to work out. And so he looked really good. Also Harden, I thought when he was switched on to Steph, like played Steph pretty well. You're selling me on this. Like I I initially was just like, whatever, it's a regular season game. The Warriors are... I think if it had been the playoffs, KD would have been a little bit more assertive and like that's what we saw last year in the finals that when they, when they need it, KD like turns it on. And I don't know if we saw the, f- the full KD experience on Saturday. So that's kind of my, my caveat on that one. Also, even though he's kind of washed, like Andre Iguodala adds a dimension to that team that I think they rely on to, yeah. to a certain extent. I don't think Iguodala is going to win the finals for them or the Western Conference finals, but it was a component that they need. Yeah, they need sure. some sort of contribution from him. I think the, the Rockets looked really good, though. And, you know, they're they're undefeated when Capella, Paul and Harden are all playing. So if they stay healthy, 
They're definitely... I, Is that right? They're undefeated? Yeah. But look at the little nuggets that you just drop in. That, I wasn't ready for that. I think I saw it on Twitter. So okay, well, nicely like, not, done Twitter. It's not like I did much research. So you, you mined it and you you <laughs> moved it into the podcast. As everyone, as you know, no one else knows, I show up for this podcast. You do most of the work. <laughs> That's not so, true. That's not so. true. You and Isaac carry me. It was really, it was fun. It just also makes the rest of the season and the playoffs a little more exciting. It does. And that's something that I'm like, because we, we had talked previously about like, could the Rockets be like an actual impediment to the Warriors? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what percentage I ascribe to that preseason. And early on, like, especially because the the Rockets have played such great defense this year and I didn't expect that. Like I was starting to think like, hmm, maybe now for sure. Like if this is like potentially a thing, like they might actually have a foil in their own conference. It's interesting. I obviously think that the Warriors are still the heavy, heavy favorite, but it's way more fun to imagine a world where the Rockets could potentially unseat the Warriors than just going, yeah, we're just going to have another coronation. Yeah. Also the concern of there's only one ball for Harden and Paul because A, there's been injuries that hasn't really been like an issue because they've kind of like for all intents and purposes in platooning and that's the way that D'Antoni plays them quite a bit is that one of them's always on the court at the same time mm-hmm. blah 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 and they sort of they seem like they really happily coexist which is I think just the biggest one of the biggest surprises of the season yeah that yeah. kind of goes counter to the Chris Paul is a bad teammate argument it definitely does which I like also like let's give Chris Paul a little more dimension I would like to believe in Chris, like the Chris Paul who said, uh, you know, like one of the things that bothered him about the Clippers is that he wanted to have everybody hang out together. Mm-hmm. That like, yeah, that like that family guy atmosphere sure. where he's like, let's all be together. Let's have fun. Let's hang out. Like, I want to believe in that Chris Paul, the guy uh, who when Blake Griffin went down last year and we were all in Utah and he was really upset for yeah. his guy. Like that Chris Paul is the Chris Paul I like, not like grumpy. Don't talk to me about the all-star game, Chris Paul. Yeah, absolutely. I also, I mean, hard Harden's just so is so good right now. So good. Even if he's coming back. One other sneaky reason why that game was fun, Harden like barely got to the free throw line. It wasn't like a slog fest of like You don't like that. No, I hate I, it. I it's love so it. slow. <laughs> that's a that's a real NBA a, junkie opinion. It's a weird thing. And maybe Raptors fans will get angry at me because I mentioned this about DeRozan and DeRozan being like the least exciting starter. Mm-hmm. But what I like about DeRozan is his efficiency and getting to the line. Like, that's a skill. And sure. similarly, James Harden, I know that it's not an exciting skill. It's actually quite boring for you and a lot of people to watch James Harden get to the it's line and shoot slow. free throws. It's just, it slows things down. I'm just like, let's keep it moving. But it's such an art form, the way that they can draw fouls. It's true. It's true. There's a beauty in it. Okay. I it's you. not exciting, but there's a beauty in it. I think that that's also part of the Harden-Chris Paul experience together. Yeah. Is um, there's less, like, ISO for Harden because of just... The system's a little bit different. I want to talk about teams with some adversity, but first let's talk about our sponsors. Unlike flights or other travel, hotel rates usually get cheaper at the last minute. In fact, Hotel Tonight partners with awesome hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing deals. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe to book a room. No long, endless list of a zillion hotel choices, because Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deals at the best hotels. It's perfect for if you're busy or don't want to overthink things. Or if you are doing some planning, you can book up to 100 days in advance in top destinations and up to a week in advance everywhere else. You can book next week tonight. You could even book next month Tonight. You can book Valentine's Day tonight. That's coming up. It's great for last minute getaways or even a quick staycation, which I often consider. And whether you're a planner, or you like to leave things to the very last minute, Hotel Tonight has got you covered. Plus, they have the HT Perks program. The more you book, the better deals you get. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? 
The internet is crowded with job boards, and it's a laborious process to sign up for all of them. Luckily, you have ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then, ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. They even review every application to identify the top candidates so you never miss a great match. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you, it finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ringer. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash ringer. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ringer. Let's talk about some teams with infighting or struggling a little bit. As LeBron will say, let's take it to Strugglesville. <laughs> take it on down to Strugglesville. Exactly. In our Justin Timberlake voice. I didn't realize that, that the Wizards were having some issues. The Wizards are a mess. This I kind of checked one. out on the Wizards. You just totally are. You've written them off. <laughs> I did. Um, the only three teams that matter in the E. Or I guess there's four. Bucks, Raptors, C's, and Cavs. Right? And so you're just like done with the Wizards. Yeah. I mean, like, look, the Wizards are fine, right? The Wizards are like a second, third tier team, that middle of the pack group that we had talked about previously where they exist in the NBA. Yes. They're going to make the playoffs. They they're, not that ex- they're not that exciting. And it's fine. Like they need to add if they're going to ever be anything more than that. Sure. But I didn't realize that they were fighting with each other. Like that well, they had to call a team meeting. Here's what happened. Thanks to Candace Buckner for this article. She's also one of my favorite NBA reporters. These are quotes. From John Wall via Candace Buckner, we had our team meeting. A couple guys took it in the negative way and it hurt our team. Instead of taking it in a positive way like we did in the past and using it to build our team up, it kind of set us back a little bit. Um, Bradley Beal added, it was tough. I try to keep all of our stuff as personal as possible, but I, I think in a way not everybody got a chance to speak whenever they wanted to. They didn't want to bring up an issue or something they had a problem with on the team. Regardless of what may be, may be going on as men, we've got to be able to accept what the next man says, be respectful about it, and move on from it. I think it was one of those situations where we didn't necessarily get everything that we wanted to get accomplished. Yeah, my favorite part about that whole thing is that then afterwards, he kind of just threw up his hands and Beal was like, honestly, it was probably pointless. Wow, that is tough. Um, A couple. I have a couple of thoughts on this. Yes, please. First of all, I just feel like this was like Bradley Beal and John Wall were like, we're having a team meeting and probably talked to everyone, and so no one else got to speak because those are the two who are like, this is bad. And then they probably like, I don't know. I guess this is just a team that doesn't really like each other. This is such a like a metaphor for the Wizards that they were struggling. We were. I at least was sort of unaware of like their internal issues. Uh Then they called a meeting and they were like, yeah. That meeting was dumb. What a a waste. (laughs) That's so perfect, Wizards. Um, As we're recording this, they've slipped to fifth in the Eastern Conference. The Miami Heat are on a heater and have overtaken them for the fourth spot. I mean, the Wizards are, you know, I like them fine. But again, like unless they add, what are they really doing? And even they seem to be sort of bored with themselves. Yeah, I think they're just sort of like, this is this is uh, not going anywhere. Right now, as currently comprised, what's the ceiling for the Wizards? Like when- Eastern Conference uh, Finals? Like if At everything max. absolutely yeah. breaks right, they, they win two rounds. I think even that's probably a stretch. Yeah, win a round and you're going home probably. Wonder what, what I would do to throw Boogie into this locker room. 
Yeah, this is maybe not the best spot no, for Boogie. I don't think so. And if you're Team Boogie, would you want to go? No. Yeah. Except to like hang with your friend, but like whatever. Boogie's fine. I think he could like find friends wherever he is. Yeah, he's uh, he's big and cuddly. Also sliding. Boston Celtics lost three in a row. Only uh, two games up on the Raptors now in the East. The Raptors. Raptors rising. Raptors rising. Celtics. Celtics are uh, on a road trip right now. They're going to be here in LA. Yes. They have the Lakers and the Clippers back to back Tuesday. Heat check field trip tomorrow. Heat check field trip. We're going to that game. Yeah. This is an interesting time for the Celtics. Yeah. I like it. Are you Are you worried? Um. As a resident Celtics fan and, and J-team enthusiast, what's your level of concern? I feel like this is a win for Gordon Hayward. That's kind of my take. It seemed like the Celtics like didn't really need him. You know, they've got these two young guys that everything's are going great, but young teams struggle at some point. And I think we're seeing that right now. Also, if, if a 40-point game from Kyrie can't get you a win, that's a problem. Percentage chance that the Raptors, not the Celtics, win the Eastern Conference regular season, not playoffs. I want to put it at 52%. You're handicapping them, the Raptors as the favorites now. I think so. I think that the big lesson of the Spurs is the consistency and experience contributes to like a a strong regular season, if not the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the Raptors are sort of like the un or anti wizards. Like they're together. They're a really good team. They figured out how they want to play. DeRozan's an all-star. Like they're just chugging along. I still probably am like, you know, 55, 45, or even 60, 40 Celtics will pull it out and have the best record in the East regular season wise. But like, it's not as crazy a thought right now as I I probably would have thought it would be before the season started to imagine a world where the Raptors end up with the best record regular season in the Eastern Conference. Could happen. Yeah, I I just worry that then they Congrats, Raptors fans. Totally. Let's just read a Kyrie Irving quote for good measure. Yeah, do it. You can never go wrong. You got to hit some adversity. We have to hit something. Like, we need it as a team. That's part of the game and learning one another and being able to figure out how do you respond from that. Us as a group, as we come in the last four months or five months, it's new. We need to hit something like this in order for us to grow. It's part of the game. It's part of being on a team, part of being a professional on any team, in any environment. You got to have stuff like this where you got to figure it out. Is that the most normal Kyrie Irving quote? It might be. Of the last like eight months? It might be. And Shout out to Kyrie for just, just speaking those talking just, points. Right, just doing, uh, hitting the cliches. It's fine because also they had, the Celtics had that like incredible start to the season yeah. where they win like 16 in a row, right? Yeah. So uh, incredible beginning so they've got a cushion i don't think it's a huge deal and i think they'll be fine yeah also like no one really expected this team to win a title <laughs> like, they're they're overperforming since since yes. they lost hayward yeah. per instagram it looks like gordon hayward is doing rehab in san diego right now is this the most fun just because we don't know how it's going to shake out eastern conference playoff picture that yeah, we've seen so totally. far I mean, like also, in the last few years because now like i still think it's the Cavs to lose because of playoff lebron however like Kind of a grab bag of teams. Like sure. you could see anybody really facing off against the Cavs, depending on how it shakes out, like yeah. playoff seating wise for the finals. Totally. I've, it's been a fun few weeks. I feel like the, the NBA is really heating up. Sixers are playing well, eight and two over their last 10. The Bucs have fallen off a little bit. Who knows who's going to be in this? I know. It, it, it's like all the games are fine because they, they all matter. They but, do. Like it's, we talked about last week when you have so many teams that are kind of in the middle, a lot of ramifications for each game. That is one thing about like that Wizards, Heat, Pacers, Sixers. Sixers, like mid-tier teams, like mm-hmm. on any night when they're playing each other, it's like, oh, this is going to be, I have no idea what's going to happen. These teams are all like pretty similar in terms of like they could beat each other on any given night in a seven game series. Who knows how it would possibly shake out. That's why it's like, you know, accepting, you know, the Warriors, this has been a really interesting 
season for the NBA because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I think it is good for the NBA. And on that note, let's talk about the All-Stars in a real or not real all-all-star edition. That's hard to say. Thank you. You I garbled it the first time, in fact. You did it. That was good. Thank you. So here are our starters. On the West, we got Steph and KD, Mm -hmm. Boogie and AD, and James Harden. In the East, we got LeBron, Giannis, Kyrie, Embiid, and DeMar DeRozan. You did that off the top of your head. I did, off the dome. I could watch you do that. Thank you. That was very impressive. I just want to say I picked nine out of ten of those, so that's one of the reasons it's easy for me to remember. Um, before we get into the real or not real, the Pelicans having two starters And is, being 500. Is amazing, but also a little sad. Like, very Pelicans. Totally. But, you know. Peak Pelicans. Sorry, they're three games over 500 now. That was very rude of me, and they're sitting in seventh. Right, but it's like like you have two starters, yeah. two of the most dominant Dude. players in the NBA, yeah. and this is the best it's probably going to get. Listening to Bill and Zach talk about Anthony Davis on the yeah. Bill portion of their home and home, I was like, I really don't appreciate this guy enough. I was like, th- I was like, thank you for teaching me like what I really should be paying attention to. <laughs> should they have two starters, real or not real? No. So, do you think Jimmy should be in there? I don't like the way they do. Like, if if they're getting rid of the actual teams like for this draft situation like let's get rid of like front court and back court like we're in a positionless basketball moment anyway like, let's just pick like the five most popular and yes. like and so then i think jimmy could have made it if it was three guards instead of two i think the the fact that it's three front court and two back court is like stupid in this eight day and age of basketball i am 1000% on board with this i think just have the best players yeah regardless of position, throw them in a grab bag. I love this pickup philosophy of we're going to pick yeah. our teams. Like, Isn't like, that also like literally how GMs think now? Like Daryl yeah. Morey was like, let's just get the best player we can. Just get the best players. Yeah. And also Steph was asked about it. He went the opposite of Chris Paul. And yeah. he said, you know, I don't know how I'm going to build my team. Maybe I'll just pick all guards. And I'm like, that's fascinating. Yeah, like, fun. That, that sounds a like shot. a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Do that. Like I, that, that sounds like uh, something that I'd be really excited to see. Like let's get Steph, Kyrie, Harden, DeRozan. Do it. Who's and like, playing the five? And maybe five? Giannis. That's a great, that's a fun five. Yeah, so, right. Or maybe, you know, maybe LeBron goes the other way, takes Giannis. Point Giannis with four point guards. It would be great. That would be really awesome. <laughs> um, real or not real, KOC was right. Because KOC, when he put his all-star starters together, he had Horford over Embiid. No. I, I like Horford a lot, and obviously he's essential. He's like one of the most crucial cogs to the Celtics to the extent they're having any success. But the Sixers are a completely different team without Joel Embiid. Like, yeah. they they transform. I think also Kyrie is the most important player on the Celtics, and Embiid is the most important player on the Sixers. And so if we're just going for, like, sheer talent, let's go with Embiid. A lot of Embiid shade about uh, him being a starter. Another one on this front, real or not real, Porzingis was right. He should start over Embiid. He was asked about this. He said, the players know that's all I'm going to say. No. Okay. Like, yeah, what are you I know, doing? I know that the players, th- that is true in the voting. The players sided with Porzingis over Embiid more. But take off your Sixers fan hat for a minute. Like, who would you rather have, Porzingis or Embiid, on your team? Who would I rather have on my team for the All-Star? No, or just like period. Period. Yes. Like for... on, your, on your regular t- NBA team. It's very team. close. I'm going to go Embiid. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I actually don't even think it's that close. I think there's like a lot of things about Embiid that I find really impressive and I know his health is an issue, but yeah. so is Porzingis's. I mean, they're both extreme. Like you can't go wrong. They're both young and extremely yeah. talented. I was thinking health as like my consideration. Yeah, I know. If, but- if Embiid, if you could guarantee me that they'd have the same amount of health, it would be Embiid all day, every day. I think Porzingis is on like the Blake train of like many small injuries. Small little nagging injuries. Yes. Yeah, he does have those. And like while Embiid ha- had like much more glaring ones, like the small ones sideline you too. The numbers argument on this too, like I, I don't know, like Porzingis is like, well, the players know, but Embiid is 
he's got him in rebounds and assists. He's got him in box plus minus, win shares, true shooting percentage. Like the advanced well, metrics like Embiid better, I, better. The counting stats like him better. <laughs> I, I like him better just to, like as a human, social media. I think that we're focusing on blocks a little too much this season. This is one of my takes. Tell me. I just feel like as a defensive metric, obviously it's important, mm-hmm. but like four blocks per game is important, but doesn't like swing a game completely. And so there's just been a lot of talk about like Porzingis leading the lead in blocks and like, wow, KD, sure. KD has so many. I don't know if this is like the kind of thing like everyone on NBA Reddit's to be like, shut up, you have no idea what you're talking about. But like who builds a team around who's the best, who averages the most blocks? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like- It's a helpful thing sure. when- like it's, it's like an interesting metric to evaluate a player, but it's not like- gonna change yeah i mean you, like re, re, rim protection <laughs> numbers obviously matter and we have like field goal percentages at the sure. rim and all those things the, those are useful metrics i think like if you're just talking about like counting stat blocks yeah then like you have to apply to like which player like porzingis getting a lot of blocks is more interesting and useful than say like a point just, guard well i was gonna say than just having deandre jordan out there who like that's Swats away. That's what he's doing, and that's it. And like, you can't use him, you can't deploy him more than four feet from the basket. It's more like um, an important condiment on top of like a player's, like what they offer. That to me, then, like, sort of the the basis of evaluating someone, but whatever. That's just sort of like personal because criticism. You, because you brought up KD, uh, another real or not real all star addition for you. KD should be the first pick in the draft. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a really good case for it. He's the most talented overall. I- I'm most intrigued by Giannis. Also, I want to know about, what about Harden though. I just think I think Harden might be the best one on one player like right now, not like in the league. Mm. An all star is not really like a emotion offense situation, so I would. Make Maybe want Harden for his pro- my my prowess. only like really like line in the sand real or not real so real All Star Edition is that they should just televise this thing. What are you doing, Adam Silver? Hashtag televise the draft, please. Let's move on. Yes. A lightning heat check. Lightning heat check. Boom, He's heating up. He's on fire. Back to where we began. Carl Anthony Towns is repping hard for the Eagles on social media. Yo, uh, what's the derivation of that? I think he's from Jersey. Oh, right. He so is. he grew up watching the Eagles, which is cool. It's fine. You might want to pump the brakes a little bit Real on dicey, it. Real dicey, man. You're in Minnesota. You're in Minnesota. Like, I I respect his loyalty to his, you know, and I'm I'm using this very loosely, not so much hometown as home area team. Sure. But, you know, like, you got to show a little deference to, like, they're playing the Vikings and they got smacked. Like, maybe don't rub their faces in it. Also, like, just get off Embiid's corner. We got it. He's the NBA's Phillies fan. He's the NBA Eagles fan. Yeah. One without much of a claim. You know what I mean? It's a little bit much. It's a little bit much. I like it, though. Um, And when he first came into the league, Embiid um, said that if he made an all-star, or Rihanna said if he became an all-star starter, she would consider dating him. And now he's no longer interested. He's no longer interested. Your team is trying to cool you off here, but years ago... You were denied by a young woman who told you to come back when you were an all-star. Is there anything you'd like to say to anybody on TNT right now? I mean, you should deny me back then, so why go with her again? So um, I have to pass that and move on to the next one. I don't know, man. I think Rihanna's still the queen. I think she's still, still she's going to be fine. Still pulling celebrity rank and like importance over Joel Embiid as much as I love JoJo. Yeah, she's going to be fine. Another heat check. Your boy Rob Palenka. Mm. Rob Palenka says that the Lakers probably will not be involved in the trade deadline. And um, here's what he had to say about that. 
I don't know if this is the perfect metaphor, but maybe a nod back to Dr. Buss, who we all know love to play cards. The trade deadline, you almost have 30 GMs sitting around a big card table and they all have their deck of cards. What you're trying to do as a player is analyze the other 29 players. What may they have? What may they move? What may be their next move in this card game? Sometimes two players across the table do a trade and reshuffle cards. That changes the scenarios you're looking at. So right now, I think everyone is assessing the other 29 teams and what they might do. Usually you see in that last week is when most of the major moves are made. And again, our goal is singular. It's climbing up the Larry O'Brien Trophy Mountain, getting to the top. Along the way, we have to show improvement, blah, blah, blah. Rob, I don't know who you're talking to with this. Is this like for the fans? Is this trying to like remind people that he knows who Jerry Buss is? Like he remembers that he's there to win. I, I don't know who this who this quote is supposed to comfort. I don't either. My favorite part about that whole thing was also that he said it w- he wouldn't get involved in the trade deadline unless it improves their championship outlook. Wh- what? Well, like, I don't know. I've watched a lot of Lakers basketball this year. At no point did I consider their championship outlook. I'm concerned about the Lakers. I just want them to be fun. And I don't, I don't know that they're heading in the right direction. Like I was watching their game yesterday in, you know, like during commercials for football. They beat the Knicks. Yeah. They beat the Knicks. Fine. I just wonder what this team is. Yeah. It's the same per usual. I I don't know if they know. Let's talk about this week in basketball. We're going to the Celtics at Lakers tomorrow. Group trip. I'm excited for I'm, it. I'm pumped too. I hope the I hope the Celtics win. I don't. You're know. going like you're worse. You're going to be journalist Juliet. Yeah, of course. This is excellent. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if you're going to be in the stands. No. Okay. Well, this is better. Thanks to the Lakers for hooking me up Yeah, for the press pass. Thursday, Wolves at Golden State. I'm excited for this one, too, because I want to see the Wolves as they've been playing better. And Jimmy Butler has sort of marshaled them and the defense has been better. Like, this is a real test. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah, The Wolves are a little in the Clipper zone for me. Like They don't look like they're having a great time on the court, but that's also kind of makes them intriguing to watch because I'm like, oh, okay, you guys are playing well, but you still don't like each other. Interesting. Yeah. Friday, Rockets at Pelicans. Interesting. Lots of all-stars. Yeah, the Pelicans are now like, yeah, maybe they can win. They're just a real, they're a 50-50 team. Run them out there. You, you just never know. <laughs> the NBA is really fun right now. It I'm, is. I'm very much into it. I'm excited. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. I actually will not you be. You will not be. I will be with a, a co-host to Who be remains determined. nameless. Yes. TBD. TBD. Thanks for listening and check out the Ringer NBA show all week. <laughs>